पॉट बुक्स विदानीता एस छे असमी नॉट द एंड क्रॉनिकल्स चैप्टर टू The next day, though it did not feel like another day, without the interruption of sleep, it felt like the same dreadful day extended to another scarier day, and I knew this is how it was going to be forever for me. I did not sit back to analyze whether it made me stronger or had left me crippled. I only knew I had to go on. I forced myself out of the hotel room before the memories had the chance of slowing me down. I knew calling back home was now inevitable. So I spoke to bhai, didi, Puneet's elder brother Parag bhai sa and Samantha in this order. Puneet's office and mine could wait as we were on a long leave. I was losing control of my hold on emotions after these calls. and i could not i knew the more efforts i took in controlling the shaking of my body the more it trembled going around in this days there was this risk of falling and fainting that could hurt the baby i had a better solution turn into a cold stone stop feeling i had taken a corner seat near a pillar to make the calls Though very tempting the idea of leaning on the pillar would have made me fall apart so with the back stiff and straight i forced my insides to freeze when in some time bhai called to offer help a friend of anant he said stayed here why anant last person on earth i could expect or even accept help from but i could not refuse as i had honestly realized i could not carry out this task alone i had difficulty concentrating it was only my strong will that helped me from fainting like god sent he came took charge and helped me with the flight bookings the casket and some final paperwork the flight did all the damage it could to my reeling head how i wished i could vanish in a puff in this sleepy state The necessity of living for the life inside made me struggle back to consciousness. I avoided thinking of Puneet's betrayal and when I couldn't anymore, I cursed myself for the selfishness in calling it a betrayal. He must have suffered those moments of pain, suffocation, helpless fighting to live, to breathe. I knew he was a fighter. But he was beaten. Why? Why? why no answer ever were coming out why bother to ask live on do what you should live for the baby clearing of throat coming from the speaker's woke me announcing we were about to reach jodhpur airport there crying like a baby stood puneet's little brother paras asking me where his bhai sa was in the casket only if this was the answer he was prepared to hear I looked around for Didi, reminding myself not to fall apart. Bhai told me she couldn't come. I could feel the distress clearly in his shaky voice when he asked his brother Anand to wait with me. He left to get the casket. Paras, still sobbing, took a few steps away to call home to inform about our landing. 
I felt a surge of guilt for making everyone sad for my sake and I decided more resolutely not to fall apart. My grit determinedly firm when I found Anand eyeing me with pity written all over his face. Confidently thanking him for his friend's help, I held my ground, which was for now the most difficult task. The world reeled again, suddenly feeling hands helping me stand, I opened my eyes to find Anand steadying me. Pride be damned, shaking my head vigorously, I managed to reach a nearby seat. The lady who was trying to help me from falling before Anand had to prep us both up asked, Is she not well? Her question was directed to Anand and not stopping at this, she went on to add, How can you leave your wife alone when she's unwell? I shot a confused glance up at Anand and he hurriedly thanked the lady and somewhat frustratingly rolling his eyes, he strode toward me. Anand, I'm carrying. I blurted out as an explanation to my fainting. Giving a quick glance down, he opened his mouth as if to say something, but snapped it shut before abruptly walking away. I wasn't expecting Anand to be here to see me beaten down and broken. And as if his presence was not embarrassing enough that this lady had to assume and declare that we were a couple. The frustrating roll of his eyes and the lady's blabbering was clear sign he had had enough of everyone pushing me to be his wife in the past. Bhai and Paris were walking me towards the exit in a while when I noticed Anand carrying sandwiches and milkshake. He insisted I eat when Paris suggested I won't until the rituals. The rituals are not going to make a dead man alive but they can lead her to the hospital. Anand said with so much sternness in his voice that Paris did not utter a word. I needed the strength to face Puneet's people, so I gulped the shake. Thinking about strength? Yes, Puneet's death had to strengthen me. It had to do me that, for I had to be him and me both for the baby. Thinking about the rituals made me shudder. Hoping against hope, all that his death makes me go through doesn't leave me hardened. The quiet drive to the Haveli was dreadful as it was still dark outside. I don't even recall being helped inside by Puneet's elder brother Parag's wife, Shama Bhabi, and Didi. My stone-eyed gaze went around looking at everything but my dumb mind hardly registered anything. When I was dressed like a bride and made to look in the mirror, all I could see was a cloud of red around Puneet's drowning head spreading in the clear water. I was forcefully wiping out the dreadful image when the ladies were scratching away the red vermilion from my forehead. The shrill of their singing crying all merged into one was sending chills down my spine. Hot waves of panic were flowing out of my ear. Vacuumed out they felt when it all finally stopped. I did not want to concentrate on what was happening to me. Neither could my mind dwell on the past. Why, Puneet, why did you betray me in the most horrible way? It was over. I was finally led to a quiet room and left alone with my Didi. Now I cried my heart, my lungs, my gut out and my Didi held me like a baby, letting me spill all my sorrow. There was not a thing she would not mend for me if she could, but she couldn't. Like a mother, she put me to sleep on her lap, only then allowing herself to shed her tears, for she knew she couldn't mend me. 
I had to break out of the brokenness for the baby and I was determined to come out stronger. Didi didn't know whether to be really happy for me when she heard about the baby. Late that night, Puneet's mother came to my room. One look at her and anyone would know how devastated she was. I knew it was not easy for her to accept her loss, and I also knew she in turn was not capable of comprehending my pain. Far from empathizing, she clearly blamed me instead of the sea that consumed her son. Didi broke the news of my pregnancy to her, assuming it would bring some solace to the broken mother. Is that true, Bindri? She asked me. My gaze to the floor, I bobbed my head as her answer. Did Puneet know was the next question I expected, but instead, was it his? She blatantly asked. Masa, I hollered, looking straight into her accusing eyes. Did he know? Now followed the expected question without any explanation about her accusation. Yes, he was very happy. He wanted to come here to announce the news personally. I managed to keep my voice calm. In so many mean words, I could answer her, was it his? But it would serve no purpose. Some minds have a set way of working and nobody could change them. Confused with mixed emotions of loss and gain, overwhelmed with grief and delight both at the same time, she didn't know how to handle the sensation. Some blabbering to herself in her rural dialect that neither I nor my Didi could follow, she left my room leaving my sister scared for me and my baby. Asmi, come to Mumbai. You can work there if you want. Jen can talk to these people, she said earnestly. No, they have lost Puneet. I cannot run away with their grandchild. I cannot deprive them of this, I said in an unwavering tone. How long do you plan to stay here? That lady is going to make your life miserable, she said. I don't know, Didi. My life is going to be miserable wherever I stay. At least she will be happy to hold on to a part of Puneet. I cannot take it away from her. I am not coming to Mumbai. And don't ever ask again, please, I told her. This time, she sobbed like a baby in my arms. I could understand her helplessness, but I couldn't give in. I tried in vain to convince me to go to Mumbai after the 13th day ritual. He spoke to me several times to make me see sense in it. I didn't budge. Asmi, not the end chronicles by Anita S.J. to be continued.